As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Mm, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm -hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. of strawberries, raspberries, and cherries. It is beautifully balanced with a refreshing crispness and soft round finish. Wonderful on its own or as a complement to cold salads, cheeses, and spicy foods. That is, that sounds delicious. Can't wait to take a sip. So, how are you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> We've had a very busy weekend. Uh, I just wanted let's let's go with, jump into some news. A little a little bit of um, things that are taking place in and around the world. Big up! Today is Jamaica Independence Day. August six, nineteen sixty two is when Jamaica signed to become an independent nation away from England. And so today marks 55 years. And wow. So, Is that what we celebrated today? Yeah. No, that wasn't what we celebrated today. Oh. It just, just so happens to we had occurred today. today. We did go and uh, spend some time at the beach, oh, regenerating so and rejuvenating ourselves for a strenuous week. And so big up to all my Jamaican, Jamaican And the Rastas. The Rastas and other Caribbean. Yeah, I don't want folks. me to start speaking Patois. Yeah, please mm -hmm. don't. Don't. I don't mm -hmm. speak Patois. I have a slight, 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 slight accent. But anyway, 
Yesterday, I attended a Women's Power Caucus. It was the ninth annual event, and it was at Jungle Island here in South Florida, and that marked the ninth annual WPC with the theme, Access Your Power, Conquer Your World. Be prepared to engage with women representing various fields, cultures, backgrounds, and demographics. Uh, my candidate, Annette Tadeo, was one of the special speakers. Uh, they touched on topics of women in politics, women in in finances, and other series, uh, you know, concerning the engagement of women and how we can support one another. I really, really enjoyed myself there. I didn't stay long, but the the time that I was there before our lunch break, it was was pretty exciting. I mean, it really re- reignited my desire to support women and how girl power and girl power and how we continue to do that. So, you know, big ups to the organizers and everyone there um, during that. And, you know, the last thing that I'll go over is something I found interesting. Organizing for action was formerly organizing for America, which was the, um, Organization inspired by Obama. We haven't heard from him in months uh, through that, but a person close to the former president says that he's likely to lend support later this year to OFA as well as the DNC, which is the Democratic National Committee, and the National Democratic Redistricting Committee. This could include fundraising and other help but not direct leadership role. In the meantime, OFA isn't sitting still. It's already looking at plans to get into 2018 with a massive voter registration drive that could become its main project ahead of the midterms. And so those are a couple of news. I have one little bit, tidbit of news. Since I am an educator and somebody told me when I got to go back to work. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, um, the Trump administration is signaling a possible shift in its plan to grant the more than one million trillion federal student loan portfolio to a single loan servicer, according to a Department of Education announcement on Tuesday. That was this. This article was written on August 2nd. Wow. Um, so what does that mean? Devos had had said the original plan was necessary to reduce cost and streamline a process notoriously difficult to navigate. But critics have blasted the proposal, arguing single, a single servicer would create a too-big-to-fail scenario. So I guess making it where your loans are only going through one, one company. Yeah, but um, so how do you feel about that? I mean... All mine are with one company anyway. I consolidated my loans a long time ago. Yeah, my my school loans are consolidated also, but maybe having one designated place in the beginning. For me, right now, it don't matter because my my payments are zero (laughs) dollars. I need to find out about that. My payments are zero dollars and I work at a Title I school. And if I keep them at zero dollars a month, then my understanding is that I can get them forgiven forever. Well, that's awesome because I see so many different 
loan forgiveness programs, I am just skeptical about what what are legit ones out there because I get phone calls. I'm sure plenty of our viewers get these type of phone calls all the time about consolidating their loans. And I just don't want to go through that channel and find out that it's something that it really isn't. And so, you well, know, mine is with, um, what is it? The main one, Department Federal. Oh, Department of Education? The the one, what is it? I don't know. Is it Federal Student Loans? Yeah, I think so. Direct? Wait. I don't know. It's the one that mostly everybody has their student loans through. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. It's been so long. All I know is I called this summer because somebody gave me a hint that when you're a teacher, during the summer is the best time to call because that's when you're not making money. So that's right some, now some little insight. Yeah, right now for, my, for our educators, my loans are zero dollars because I have no income. Well, you don't have any income right now. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reducing and erasing real, my school man. loans. It, it's such a it's such a hindrance. It's expensive, so, man. Yeah. Oh, did I said that I'm going to be going into taking a first-time home buyers program soon? Very That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And so I'm back to that taking, vision board. You looked at that um, vision board. I looked at my vision board, and I'm moving forward. So very excited today. We have ah, uh oh, we have a call. We have a call. Let's take this call. Yes. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Hello? How are you? Hi! Well, we have our we have our guest uh, just called in, and we will allow her. I hope you guys can, uh, will be able to hear. This is our first time doing the call-in. And, we'll, hey, let's let her introduce herself. Tell them who you are. Hey, I'm Danny Spike, relationship coach Danny Spike, professionally certified relationship coach, also known as the Edge Whisperer. I'm here to help couples and singles, um, mainly helping people build better relationships, starting with themselves. I've been coaching for over six years now, and um, it, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And I have the Spikeberg Company and the Beeline Spark Company, both of them are my companies that I built from the, from the ground up, and my intention to help people create uh, atmospheres and experiences to have better relationships, either with themselves or with each other. Awesome. And my my first question. Oh, we gonna just jump right on. Yeah, in let's just let's <laughs> just jump right in. <laughs> just, and that's Makita. I don't you, I don't know if you met no, Makita. You have met. You and I have talked, but that's my co-host, and um, so she. She's just going to jump on I, right I, in Listen, there. I'm the resident single girl in this scenario. And so there's plenty of questions that I have. But I think, you know, uh, a question that immediately comes to mind is, what made you decide to be a relationship coach? How did this, how did this come about? Was there a need um, or, you know, just tell us a little bit about that. Definitely a need. Um, when I went to I went to Spelman in 2005. When I started my undergraduate, I thought I wanted to be a corporate attorney. I took one political science class and realized it was not for me. I took psychology, fell in love with it, and I always wanted to figure out 
expectations about relationships. Um, there were some, a lot of statistics going around, especially with Yale University, saying that black women, 42% of black women had been unmarried versus their counter, uh, their Caucasian counterparts uh, at 24%. And that was like really disturbing. You add that to the images of women, especially black women in media, I was like, okay, something needs to be done. That's how I started. And the deeper that I got into, I, I took, you know, coaching program, a coaching program at University of Miami, um, completed it. And the more that I got into having these conversations, I realized that there was one baseline. And it was that, that we need to start talking about how we dealt with ourselves on a one-on-one basis before we can start a, talking about anything else. And so it's something that I'm passionate about. I've always been passionate about it. And it comes very naturally to me. And so that's what made me decide to, to make it a full-time um, career and to dedicate my life to it. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see. Do I have any other questions right now, Melanie? I, I got a question. Because, listen, okay. I'm married, but I, I watch, you know, I kind of, I guess, people watch. I'm kind of nosy on social media. And I have single friends, and, you know, I watch the posts and things like that. Okay. Why is it, and we're we going to talk about black women, because our show, just so you know a little bit about our show, which I, I think you've probably figured it out already, we... We are channeling this podcast to reach the black community. And our efforts, we're trying to be a voice to bring up topics that always are, you know, things that are discussed. And um, in an effort to try to rebuild, refocus the black community. So I'm noticing there are a lot of black, beautiful black women. And their complaints are they can't find a decent man. So, in other words, like our the show title, where where is, where my, is my doggone prince charming? charming. <laughs> so, um, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, but I'm gonna be honest, and a lot of people are not gonna agree, right? But I'm gonna tell you the truth. One thing about Danny, I'm gonna give you your medicine, but I'm gonna add a whole bunch of sugar when I give you your medicine. So the truth is, you probably met your Prince Charming, but you were too wrapped up in whatever it is that you think that he should have been or how he was supposed to come, and you missed him. Uh-oh. Not saying that you're not going to meet another Prince Charming, but more, more likely than not, you probably missed him. Uh-oh. And the reason why... <laughs> No, no, you didn't step on I anything. totally agree. I mean, I'm, I'm listening. I, I kind of agree with you, but go ahead, keep going. Okay. You why know, I say that is when I meet with single women, that's why I always say the most important relationship is the relationship that starts with you. We have to talk about this list, right? And so we hear all these people, these quote unquote relationship gurus, you know, act like a lady, think like a man, or have a list. Make sure it's fixed to your list, and your list has this and that. But we never stop and take time to look at what's on our list, why we say we want what we want, and why are we looking for the particular things that we are looking for. How much, how many of those things are going to help us become the, the person that we want to be, the wife that we want to be, the, the leader that we want to be, the mother that we want to be, the business um, maker that you know, the entrepreneur, whatever it is that you're doing that you want to be, how many of those things on your list in your partner is going to help you to get to that? And how many things that you focus on or that you choose to focus on is going to help you get to 
Right. Guys, yeah, yes, we heard you. We no, heard you. we're 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 just we're, we're taking, taking it all. in. We're taking it all in. <laughs> we're taking it in. We're taking notes. Yeah, a lot of people have been. I, we had a discussion with some girlfriends of ours uh, recently, and I, I'm not gonna lie. As far as I, I do have moments where I feel like, did I miss the individual that maybe I should have been with from high school, maybe someone I should have been seeing from college. And and then you get wrapped up in your career and you get so busy or you feel like, you know, I, I, I personally never had a checklist. I've had just, uh, you know, I, I can honestly say I think since hitting my 30s, I've had more now single than non-single years. And for me, you know, my career in politics kind of took me to a lot of different places and I wasn't necessarily in social settings a lot. It was, I realized that, you know, I I know I probably missed my, my bus. I know that my Prince Charming is still, you know, there is definitely something there in the future or, you know, hopefully now soon, but um, I, 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 I do think that we have shifted our focuses on, you know, building lives with individuals and having a strong family and stuff into, you know, focus on your career. Don't focus on dating. And, and then you turn around and you're 30 and then you turn around and then you're 40. And it's like, where was that plan where, you know, not only were our, have you missed the bus on your possible Prince Charming or, you know, or your soulmate or mate, you've also missed, possibly missed opportunities on having kids and, you know, again, building the family. I think there's a, a there's a, there's a breakdown that's happening with our, uh, with our community lately. Can you share your thoughts on that? Okay. So, Is, can you can you speak up a little bit? I'm not sure if everyone's catching you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes, that's better. much better. Okay, perfect. So you'll have one person on one side of the section or one person on the other side. And my number one thing is intention. Where is that person coming from? More often than not, when I hear, especially women who are 40, 50, giving advice, saying, you know, only focus on your career. Don't worry about a man. You know, that'll happen later on. You know, don't give them any energy at all in your 20s, in your 30s. Give them no energy, pay them no attention. I'm asking, okay, where is that coming from? Not saying that you shouldn't invest in your education. That's important. You should invest in moving forward and growing as a human being on your own. That's essential. But also, you want to be very weary of when people are telling you not to focus on building a relationship, especially a romantic one, if they're coming from a place of hurt, if they're coming from a place of brokenness, if they're coming from a place where they may have been in a relationship in their early 20s, 30s, and it may not have worked out the way that they planned. And so now they're carrying on that mantra and planting those seeds into 
the next generation. And that scared me a little bit. Also, the conversation is now, how much do I give to a relationship? And how much do I give to my career? My answer is, how much can you afford to give? Because we can't, we always talk about the love deposits to a relationship. But you also have to think about those deposits when it comes to yourself. How much have you invested in yourself that you can afford to give to a relationship realistically? And you need to have like those honest, tough conversations face-to-face. And then how much uh, are you investing in your, relation, in your relationship in terms of education, in terms of moving forward, in terms of yourself in the individ- as an individual? How do those two compare? What are you giving more attention to? Because you can give more attention to the education because then you turn around and you're 40 or you're 30 and you're like, well, I wanted to have a family by this age for one reason or another. And then you may not and you feel like the time has passed you by. And then you also don't want to invest so much of yourself into having a relationship, being married or being, you know, with someone, coupled with someone, that you also miss this other area of your life, which is personal fulfillment, you know, working on your you're moving your education forward or starting a business or working up the corporate ladder or whatever else, whatever other journey you want to go on. So it's twofold. When I talk to people, I always bring it back to you because as a coach, I have to understand that my experiences are very intrinsic and true for me. I'm never going to tell you what I did as a blueprint for mm-hmm, what you did. Exactly. What I will do is I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to ask you tough questions, which is in terms of investing in a relationship, how much have you, have you invested in yourself that you can afford to give someone else? Because you shouldn't be giving anything less than 100. So you need to make sure that you're full and anything left over, then you can give that to someone else. Are you full? And then secondly, what are your plans? What are your goals? How much are you investing in that? Now, let's compare the investment. Which one is more important to you? Which one are you giving more attention to and why? Okay. Does that answer your question, or did I go off on a chance? Oh, no. Uh-huh. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I, I understand that at the end of the day, there needs to be a balance. And it sounds to me that there are some things that our community uh, is definitely in need of repair and self-love. Yeah. Because yeah. that, you know, I mean, we can talk about what's happening historically in our communities that's breaking down the black family and and realize that in the midst of all of that, there is a lot of hurt. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of things that's com- com- compounding what's happening in our communities. And I'm a relationship girl. I, I'm, I love love. I want to be in it in a relationship myself, but, um, you know, some of my challenges is, you know, finding someone that's single, finding someone that, you know, finding someone that's not, you know, that's also at least in that same mindset as me. And it, and it, and it, I think it's, it's really challenging even purposely going on to dating sites and like, you know, I mean, I'm not putting in like a big criteria, but just some general stuff. And you start to have some conversations and you think that there's a spark, you meet up, you meet someone 
and you realize that they're not genuinely there for relationship purposes, especially when you're intentionally putting yourself out there and is like, look, I'm looking for a relationship for these purposes, for companionship, for, you know, building a life. And then you talk to someone and they're so busy being fixated on how big your butt is or, you know, the conversation isn't, uh, you know, it's just, it's not an engaging conversation. And for me, I do need a challenge. I need a strong man. I need someone that's a leader and that doesn't come with a whole with a laundry list of wants. It is just a cer- certain things. I have to be attracted to you. You don't have to look a certain way, but there has to be an initial attraction. And I have to be with someone that is that that is that is strong. Uh, I know that about myself, and trust me, I, I've even spoken to some folks that was like like some like who likes you. But sometimes that's not really an easy uh, thing to to latch on to. I've attempted to do that, but I know what my limitations are. All uh-huh. that being said, I am still very much open and ready for my life partner when that comes, and I'd love it to come sooner than later. So I'm speaking. So that this is just me speaking for me. But I'm sure other people feel the same way. I've never had a laundry list. I've never had, uh, you know, a whole bunch of things that I'm checking off when I'm looking for someone. There were just a few key things, and maybe that do- doesn't help. And I'm, I am, I'm an extrovert when it comes to a lot of things socially, but when it comes to like built, you know, really full on engagement with guys, I don't, I find myself going into a shell which which Uh kind of leads me to the question the next question i had one of the things i wrote down um are black women's expectations too high in this day and age because i like i've talked about this on a previous show where statistics show that right now um black women are way far far more educated and Uh are typically in this day and age the head of the household financially so and i know you know we we're i'm in my 40 i'm 41 um kita's in her 40s so we're at that age where we have grown up and we were we were used to a situ a household where the the dad pretty much was the leader the household Mm -hmm. the breadwinner um and you know i think now in this day and age things have shifted and statistics have shown that even when I was like in getting my master's, if you look any woman in black woman in school now, if you look around your classroom, it's typically women yeah, in the classroom. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm, my question is: Are black women's expectations too high? Like what? What? Like I don't think. I mean, I think Makita's list of things that she wants is kind of modest. But I don't think that's the majority. I, I, I've i talked to many women. We were just talking to some friends that mm-hmm. were on um, two shows ago in, in the studio. And, you know, it was like, listen, this guy, he need to have this and he need to have that. And you remember that? Yeah, no, I yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I thought that was interesting because I, I and, and I'm not that type of person, but I really kind of, I had that moment where, where I was like, 
you have those expectations for your partner and what do you have to offer? I I felt myself thinking that. And so at the same time, I always have, I always play checks and balances with myself too, because I go through these motions where it's like, I'm ready for a relationship, but then I, I kind of, I take a a look at myself and and I'm thinking, am I really ready? What do I have to offer? I know I have a lot, I have a lot to offer, but you know, I'm clear with like where things are and are not for me. Uh, And And statistically. And statistically. Again, you realize, you know, the more and more you don't date or go out and meet other people, it becomes a harder task to overcome. Yes, we have the Internet. Yes, we have other outlets, but it's still very difficult and challenging because I think we've we've grown too voyeuristic or. You know, I think that everyone ha- kind of has higher expectations. So that's what I wanted to ask her. Like, do you think at this day and age, 2017, based I'm sure you meet all kind of people with all kind of challenges. Do you think women's, black women's expectations of men is too high? No. You don't think so? Honestly, sometimes I look at certain situations, especially single women who uh, who do date, um, and, and I don't think that anyone is beneath anyone else, but I do believe that there are certain people who bring so much to the table and they'll settle, like they'll bring an entire steak dinner to the table and the pairing wine, mm. if we could use food as an example, to the, to the table, and will settle for a piece of stale bread as long as there's someone else I don't think that black women's standards are too high. Honestly, I don't think our standards are high enough. I don't think that we're holding... um, Sometimes I feel that we don't hold black men accountable. Um, I feel that if you're dating and you're in a space where you have um, certain expectations, as long as those expectations are matched with with, um, reciprocity and just a little bit of of being able to compromise, I don't think that that you're asking too much because usually when I hear, and if I can only base this on my experience, because you're asking me this from my experience, when I hear on lists are basic, you know, I have someone who's got a postgraduate degree, if he, you know, as long as he doesn't have to have a bachelor's, as long as he has a steady job and he comes home and he doesn't cheat and he's monogamous, I'll take it. Um, Doing things that aren't, things that essentially you're supposed to do, like being present in your marriage, being present in your children's life, you know, being monogamous, you know, taking care of your family financially, emotionally supportive, supportive of your children and yourself. Those are things you're supposed to do. And oftentimes I see, unfortunately, especially black men, get praised for things you're supposed to do. Hmm. Now, there's another letter that I do have. Um, if I can bring this conversation 360, is my conversation to the unreasonable woman mm-hmm. who has a scribe literally write out a long list that will go from front door to back door of things that this guy has to do. But in all actuality, she's using that as a guise of self-sabotage. And that happens a lot. Mm. A lot of self-sabotaging in relationships because I, I'm afraid that I will never find what maybe my parents have, or I never had an example of what a 
you know, typical family would be with a partner and being able to build, I don't think I'm confident enough in my skills as a person to build a life with someone and being able to do it in a healthy way, or I'm afraid of infidelity, I'm afraid of stupid, I'm afraid of, you know, it not working out, I'm afraid of him leaving me with someone else. There is a lot of self-sabotage hidden behind those lists. So do I think black women as a whole are unreasonable when it comes to black men? No. But I also do feel that we need to have the, the separate conversation of self-sabotage that happens a lot more often than not, where you will meet someone who may not have, may have everything you need, but they may not necessarily have everything you want. Case in point, a classic one is hype. I think that's very, like, that's very, like, minuscule compared to having a partner that is physically attractive, that provides, that is monogamous, that is emotionally supportive and present, that wants to be a father, that wants to build a life with you, that has the emotional capabilities of being able to do that. But no, I can't be with him because he's short. That, that I think, is a because yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. I right, but I, it happens. It, it, it happens. does. It happens. Yeah, it does. Listen, I guess I'm guilty. I'm short, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to date or marry a short man, and I'm short. But you know, I, I don't know. I, Say I never met a short guy that like was into me like that. Like I, and it could be that I just never laid my eyes on the short guy. I just exactly. never interested. Not that's not my. I'm not attracted to them. Look, I listen. I've dated short guys. I've dated tall guys. I don't have a preference either way. I, I think it really is for me. You know, just about. You know, getting along with someone and someone that I can get along with uh, as well. So, I, I, I mean, my preference would be someone that's taller than me because I like to wear heels and I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to look somebody in the face. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> but, um, again, that's just that's just my thoughts. Um, it does, is, you know, since you've started your career, has there been any other, you know, things that you've seen across the board with your with your clients with with when it can when it comes to relationships that maybe we haven't uh talked about uh yeah there's a lot um insecurities um especially bringing on and this is the funniest thing that i had to deal with as a coach and sitting down um, with both single people and people who are in relationships the insecurity doesn't even really belong to them. Like, they probably have never been cheated on or had never had someone cheat on them or, you know, have never had, like, a really bad relationship or never really had someone steal from them or anything, but they've seen it happen to someone else or someone else told them about an experience. And so now they carry that insecurity into their new relationship. Mm. That is the most craziest thing that I have ever had to deal with because you literally have to deconstruct something that was never yours in the first place. So it's almost as if someone, like you have this set of dishes in your house that you hold on to that's near and dear, but you don't know how they got there. But you just know that they're there and you need to take care of them. It's like, no, 
this doesn't belong to you. This is not even something that's yours. I think making me things, we things, is one of the largest, one of, not the, but one of, the largest missing conversations, especially when we talk about relationships. And it goes both ways. It is not just women to men, it's also men to women. Um, usually with men to women, it's usually the money conversation. I don't make enough money for you. I'm not a good enough provider for you. Or you're going to leave me for another person who makes more money. Or you're going to talk about me behind my back. Or you're going to emasculate me as a man because I don't make enough money. It's usually that or the, you know, the sexual partner conversation, being an adequate sexual partner. And then for women, um, it is the infidelity conversation and insecurity around infidelity or um, your partner not finding you physically attractive. Even if your partner has never said anything or you've never had an experience or no one's ever even alluded to the fact, that insecurity carries over into so many other relationships that it, 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 it's almost alarming. Because, and that's why I talked earlier about those seeds being planted. When we talk about... Um, and that's going to change. But when we talk about, like, diet, we always talk about our physical diet. But we don't talk about, especially therapists, coaches, counselors, we don't talk about those mental diets of what you are about to be digested into your mind and into your spirit. Because those things affect you. They really do. Wow. And over time, it can be something as small as maybe you're married and you have three, you know, married friends, and two out of the three married friends have been, maybe cheated or is cheating on them or having an affair, that insecurity, your husband has never done anything to you, but that insecurity carries over into your relationship. Now you're having infidelity conversations. Now you're being cold towards him. Now you're you're creating a nest egg. Now you're talking about prenups or postnuptial agreements. Now you're having creating an escape plan and essentially putting small little cracks into your relationship foundation because of that insecurity or the insecurity of our parents. Maybe we were raised in a single-parent household or a two-parent household where the relationship wasn't as healthy and carrying their insecurity into our own narrow relationship. That's something we don't talk about. Well, okay, but so um, let me ask you this because I know this is a question that a lot of people probably want to know because I know in South Florida, I hear a lot of black women say they don't know where to go to find a man. Like, they don't know, like, they don't, they don't know... I guess when you when they go out and stuff like that, they never meet like good men. Like where where would Makita go, or like how would she know how to find them? Because yeah, especially and, and maybe it is a uh, demographic challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the types of opportunities to meet people here in South Florida. You know, I I look at South Florida as like a little, as like a, a, it's a, it's the vacation spot that's still in the United States, the Caribbean, but it's, it's, you know, it's still in the States. You can come here without a passport, right? So with that, you know, I've worked, I've worked in entertainment, I've worked in politics, and I've seen how you know, depending on the type of circles, I've, I've worked with, you know, very successful men. And I see how some of these women just kind of like throw themselves yes. at, at successful men. I see how they, you know, kind of in the South Florida, in South Florida in particular, how we kind of are more caricature 
type, you know, we want to look like Barbie dolls or everyone wants to be a model and really, you know, and it, again, now that I've gotten myself out of those type of circles and I'm now in more professional circles of intelligent uh, people of color, it's very different. Now I'm, I'm finding, but you know, now in amongst those circles, I, I don't really meet as many, uh, uh, single men, at least, you know, not, you know, it, it's just not that obvious who's single, who's not, you know, who's married, you know, who's available. And it's just, I don't know. That's, that's my experience when I go, when I'm, when I've moved and worked elsewhere, I mean, it comes with its own challenges of not knowing the area and not knowing where to go and meet meet people. Uh, but you know, maybe you can elaborate on you know, or and shed some light on where are there places yeah. to go to meet. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I did this Spike Brunch Singles Edition. I have another one coming up. Um, if you're interested in going to Spike Brunch Singles Edition, this is for your listeners. Um, you can definitely head on over to singleandspike.com because that is a common thread that I have heard, especially in South Florida. I believe the ratio is, is 7 to 1 or 10 to 1. I no. believe it's 10 to 1. So you already have a little bit of a higher ratio when it comes to available. Uh, and then that's just men to women. That doesn't include those who are available, you know, demographic, background, uh, sexual orientation, things like that. What I tell my single friends, um, first and foremost, who are in a whole place, who's ready to date, who's ready to get out there, is to try to imagine the type of guy that you need. Not that you want, that you need. What does he do for a living? What does he work? Well, even if, you, if, even if it's not that specific, you know, how much does he make a year? You know, what does he like to do? What do you like to do? What are your, what are your hobbies? What do you into? Where do you you know, like to go on the weekends or people that you like to hang around. And think about where that person would work, um, play, and pray. And then try to find events that are around that. So say, for instance, maybe you may be Catholic or you may be Baptist or you may be um, atheist, you know. Try to find or like events on Facebook where you can see who's going to be, you know, at those types of events, that may be a Baptist or a Catholic church, or if the atheists are getting together for a picnic on Sunday. If you're a professional and you want to be around professional men, definitely join organizations like the Young Professional Network. There are several chapters, Miami, Broward, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, and visit other chapters. Well, because your chapter. Uh, no, no, I don't want to interrupt, but we're getting into a great discussion, but, you know, what? we're going to, I know, I know. We only have 45 minutes. We, we're, it's, a, it's a short program, I know, but we will definitely continue with this conversation at a later date. What what I want to capture is a quick 30-second um, you know, yeah, Where you can know, they find you? Where can they where? find you if you had something that you wanted to share uh, you your know. brunches, your I know you have a married one. Tell them where they can yes, find yes, you. Yes. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. I just hit 1.6k today. Yay! Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Coach Danny, D-A-N as in Nancy, I, Spike, S-P-I-K as in Kike, S. Um, I put updates all the time with daily uh, daily affirmations in addition to little short videos, bite-sized, now to work on your relationship with 
yourself and others. If you're interested in going to the single brunch, it's uh, com. You can go ahead and log on and sign up to get your single insight tickets. If you're interested in the couples brunch, our last couples brunch for the year is going to be October the 21st. I want to go to that. Psych brunch, <laughs> brunch after dark. Tickets will go on sale soon. Go to psychbrunch.com, S-T-I-K-E-D-B-R-U-N-C-H.com. Sign up for a free discount code. That way you'll be on my list, but you'll get emails and updates of when we're going to have our next Spike Brunch. And also, if you want to check me out online, go to my website. I am Danny, D-A-N, as in Nancy, I-Spike.com. Uh, you can schedule one-on-one time with me if you liked what I said, if you didn't like what I said, whatever. I would love to hear from you and talk to you guys. Okay, thank you so much, Danny. Thank you, Danny. We may have you back on the show. We appreciate you. Yes, yes. Yes. Next time I will be in studio, and we're going to have an even deeper conversation. We're going to get into all the nitty-gritty That would be awesome. Absolutely. No, that's great. And, you know, audience, you can catch our show, uh, you know, on next Sunday. Next Sunday, same time, same place. We are on. Just want to get into concluding the show and remind you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Girl, what? what? We're on iHeartRadio, iTunes. Google Play, Spreaker, carry us to the next. And our verse is Colossians 1, 1, 16. All things have been created through him and for him. And on that note, you are listening to Girl, Girl, what? de débito? Desactívala en tu app de Wells Fargo y cuando la encuentres, la vuelves a activar. No es igual, no es lo mismo. No, es mucho mejor. Wells Fargo Bank NA, miembro de FDIC. Aún se debe reportar el robo o pérdida de tarjetas de débito. Ve a la app para más detalles. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.